Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. Hi, this is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Practice Hack of the Week. It's said that we make dozens or thousands of decisions every day, from the relatively mundane, like, can I trust this food cart's hot dogs, to the more momentous decisions that feel like they could take us down very different paths in life, like which college I should go to. The simple decisions don't generally keep us up at night, unless you made the wrong decision about the hot dogs, but we can easily get overwhelmed and feel lost when faced with more complex decisions, like which house to buy or what to measure in as an undergrad. So in moments like this, we're often encouraged to sleep on it, or go with our gut. But going with what feels right can seem pretty nebulous and fluffy, and pretty unscientific-y too. So is there any science behind the idea that we ought to listen to our intuition? Or is this just something people say to us when we've made their brain hurt, and they're as confused as we are? Testing for the existence of intuition is tricky, but a group of researchers devised a clever way to gain more clarity into whether there is any concrete evidence of such a phenomenon. They showed participants a cloud of tiny little dots on one half of a computer screen, sort of like static, where their task was to decide whether the dots seemed to be trending towards the left or towards the right. Meanwhile, on the other half of the screen, The experimenters flashed positive, like cute puppies, or negative, like scary snake, pictures designed to elicit an emotional response, which provided a clue as to which direction the dots were moving in. For instance, positive would mean the dots are going to the right, negative might mean that the dots are going to the left. Of course, these images were displayed for just a brief moment, too quickly for the participants to consciously recognize they had even seen an image. And sometimes the images were scrambled, so the participant would not be able to discern what the image was, even on a subconscious level. Even though they didn't consciously recognize that they were being shown pictures, on some level, though, their bodies did pick up on what they were seeing, as the researchers found that the participants experienced a small, measurable physiological reaction to the emotional images. And in line with this, the participants also made faster, more accurate decisions when presented with the emotional images. In other words, on some subconscious and intuitive level, their brains were able to utilize the information from the images to help them make better decisions about which way the dots were trending. However, it seems that our intuition can only help us if we trust our so-called emotional oracle. A Columbia University study, for instance, found that whether it was predicting the next day's weather, 
who would win American Idol, or the movement of the stock market, those who trusted their feelings were significantly more accurate in their predictions than those who were less trusting of their feelings. Even so, this is only true if we have some degree of expertise in the area we are trying to make predictions in. A Rice University study recruited 186 students to rate the difficulty of 13 basketball shots taken from footage of two college basketball games, where one would equal the easiest shot possible and 10 would equal the hardest shot possible. Participants watched the shots and then were given 10 seconds to rate the difficulty. Half of the participants in the intuition group were told to just go with their first impression and, quote, avoid thinking very hard about what the right answer is. The other participants, who were in the analysis group, were told to ignore their first impression or gut instincts and instead base their decision, quote, on a very careful analysis. To help with this, they were asked to develop a list of factors that could be used to determine the difficulty of a shot, like distance from the basket, how many defenders were in the shooter's vicinity, or whether the shooter was moving or not. The participants were also asked about their basketball playing experience to get a sense of whether they had any basketball expertise. Those who played at least three years of competitive high school basketball were classified as being high in expertise relative to the other participants. When it came to making analytical decisions about shot difficulty, expertise didn't really matter. The low expertise participants' shot difficulty ratings were almost identical to the high expertise students' ratings. But there was a significant difference between the high and low expertise participants when relying on intuition. The high expertise participants scored about 30, and the low expertise participants scored about 21. And I know these numbers don't really mean much out of context, but essentially, higher scores are better, indicating that the high expertise group shot difficulty ratings are much more in line with a panel of NCAA coaches' ratings of each shot's difficulty. So to sum up, intuition really is a thing, and it could help us make better decisions in many areas of our life, so long as we trust our gut and do have some domain expertise. But that still doesn't guarantee a happy ending because, well, I mean, how is present day you supposed to know what future you will actually want when you get there? Will future me be happier if I do my graduate studies at the same school I went to for college? Or would future me be happier if I go to a different school or even abroad instead? Will future me be happiest if I pursue a career in voice or piano or neuroscience? Will future me be the most contented in this neighborhood or that one, this car or that car? the s'mores pancakes or the limited-time only Lucky Charms pancakes. Difficult decisions are challenging precisely because it's awfully tough to know which choice is objectively better. So I was really intrigued with Harvard-trained attorney-turned-Oxford-educated philosopher Ruth Chang's TED Talk, in which she offers a different paradigm for making difficult decisions. I've linked to it in the post, and I won't ruin it for you by trying to summarize it here in too much detail, but the gist is... What if we approached each decision less as an exercise in prediction and more as an act of self-definition? To find the video, go to YouTube or TED.com and search for How to Make Hard Choices by Ruth Chang.